I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's probably a gun in the school to protect from potential grizzlies. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the pending, although past by the time this is in your ears, inauguration. Because it's coming really soon. And I think I speak for, well, I know I speak for more than half of America. When I say that we're really not ready for that yet. I think we're scared shitless about that. It's a good way to put it. If it wasn't going to affect basically every aspect of American life, it would be comical because some of it is kind of comical, but it's just terrifying. The fact that it is so comical is what is so terrible about it. Yes. The comical is being normalized as not comical. Truth and facts are now seen as elite. Elite and irrelevant. Elite and irrelevant. Yeah, it's very strange. I think I saw someone, I, I don't know if it was on, on Twitter or where it was, but I don't know. Have you seen House of Cards? Yes. Okay. Do you not know that I resemble... Um, I, t- <laughs> I do. Oh, what's her name? I do know. Uh, Robin, Robin Wright. Wright. Yes. Yes. When my hair was shorter, it's sometimes uncomfortable actually to watch her on screen because she and I have some of the same mannerisms as well. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah. Yes, I have seen, I don't know if there has been an, uh, uh, a season since, but I think I've, I've seen all of it. Okay. I think I'm one behind, but someone mentioned, they said one major downside to all of this is that House of Cards will no longer seem so extreme. Yes. And I hadn't I hadn't even really made that connection or considered it, but when you kind of go back through that show, it doesn't seem so far-fetched anymore, which is saying a lot. It's saying a lot. I mean, the show is wicked and twisted and completely over the top. Completely over the top, that show. And it, it was. Well, it, it was over the top. The, what I like about it is that it knew that it was over the top. Like it had no qualms about being completely ridiculous all the time. Um, it was ridiculous, but they did it in such a, a way that it was like, fuck. <laughs> but like what I liked about it is that it was self-aware enough to know that it was like, yeah, we're just going to blow shit up in the most ridiculous way to be evil and conniving and some people are like, yeah, I can't watch that show. It's just too ridiculous. And I'm like, no, that's the part about it is that it knows it's ridiculous. But now yes. And that was the piece that kept it okay. Yeah. Was that awareness. And now that's like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I, don't have much, 
I'd much rather have Frank Francis. We need Francis now. Like Donald Trump is making Frank Underwood look like like a, a tiny <laughs> little snowflake. If we're going to use that word. <laughs> but maybe that's. I mean, maybe you kind of just nailed it. That it's the the current situation is missing that sense of self awareness. So it it's it's absurdity, just like free reigned absurdity and. No one who should be aware of it is admitting that they are. Yes. If that makes sense. And so there are so many facets to the, I mean, the doom that so many people feel. We, this is the last day of the, of the, of a presidency, the first black president. There has been no scandal. There has, there have been no, no affairs. There has been no, there has been no red mark on the last eight years of his time in the White House. And the nobility of that man and his humility and his humanness and that of his wife and of his children, when he won in 2008 and even in 2012 and people were angry about it, you can be angry about losing. I understand that, that he doesn't represent the values that you think are American. However, he didn't take away your health care. In fact, he gave you health care. And all of his policies, he fought as much as, and hard as he could. I know some people who don't like Obama, even liberals who don't. But, but if we're going to take, like, his policies are trying to help people. And the reason yeah. that we are so upset, it's not about losing. It's about, holy fucking shit, the... the lives that will be lost and the lives that will be destroyed by this incoming administration. Yeah. That's why we are so upset. Not because we lost. Right. And it's not, you know, just like you said, I know I know people, even liberals that that didn't that didn't support Obama, but they didn't agree with his policies maybe or they didn't agree with something he was trying to accomplish. Trump has no policies. Like there's there's nothing out there. And then watching watching these cabinet hearings, it's like I feel like I could answer some of these questions better. <laughs> and I'm really unqualified. I I can't I just can't comprehend. For me it's it's not it's not disliking what I'm seeing. It's recognizing that I'm seeing nothing. Like there, there's nothing that leads me to think that there is any kind of intelligence behind anything that's happening. It's like a circus. It gets yes. it gets more ridiculous every single day. It gets more ridiculous. It ca it can't get more ridiculous than it does, and then it gets worse, and then it gets worse, and then it yeah. gets worse. Well, I always tell myself I'm going to take you know a day off, and I'm not going to read headlines. I'm not going to watch clips because I just need one day to not ingest that. And then I see something on Twitter that is so completely absurd to me that I have to Google it. I have to watch the clip. I have to read the article. And it's true. It's not exaggerated. I mean, it's, it's like true. right there. I mean, you know, it's true that his nominee for the Secretary of Education would, you know, we got to have guns because of bears. We got to, right. you know, right. we got to protect ourselves from bears. 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 She fucking said that. that 
to yeah <laughs> she fucking said that jesus christ <laughs> and then she doesn't understand the americans with disabilities act <laughs> like these basic things it's not like they're really deep diving here it's let's hit her with some surface level questions oh shit she can't answer them have you ever read a book have you ever right. read a book? Oh, no, you've never read a book. Okay. So, I, yeah. And so I'm not going to watch the inauguration. I'm not even, no, that's just, and I saw somewhere like one way to protest would be to have your television on on a different channel. And, okay. And that to way, put the ratings elsewhere. Ratings elsewhere. But I just, I'm not huh. even going to turn the television on. I'm, I'm not going to watch that shit show. I won't be going to, March on Washington. If you don't watch the inauguration, though, you're going to miss Three Doors Down. I don't even, that's the thing is, I don't even remember who Three Doors Down is. People keep exactly. making fun of them, and I'm just like, I don't even remember who they are. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a hell of a show. Oh, man. Oh, man. And I think one of his one of his uh, aides, one of his spokespeople were, was being interviewed on CNN, and she was like... Toby Keith is so much better of a performer than Beyonce. And like, <laughs> oh my God. The, the other commentators like could not hide the shock on their faces. Like, did you just fucking say that? Like, we got a woman over here talking about protecting our kids from bears. And you just fucking right. said Toby Keith is a better performer than fucking Beyonce. <laughs> I'm laughing yeah. because it's a fucking circus. I'm gonna, oh my God, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> he's dismantling just, he's dismantling the country he's dismantling every every organization and institution that is all of these departments that are here to protect public funds and the public he is dismantling it all yeah he's putting people in power to dismantle what they are in power of that's just it he's not even actually dismantling anything and that's what I said throughout the whole election process is that I, I wasn't afraid of him or what he would do, but it's the people that he would give free reign to who are, who are equally as ignorant, but maybe I don't even know if I can call them more malicious, but it's, I feel like he's not going to do anything. He's just going to put all of these incredibly ill-equipped people in powerful roles and then sit back and just watch it burn. Because he's not really beholden to traditional republican values that's, or human values <laughs> there are people who are in place who can now just be blatantly sociopaths and watching it happen is is i think a harmful it, it's harmful to the, the psyche of the nation and i think that we're seeing it like i can't Everybody that I'm reading on Twitter and Facebook is just like feeling complete hopelessness. And right. it's it's a sea of hopelessness and it it is overtaking the country of this like the psyche of the nation is being extraordinarily damaged by this. Some a woman I follow on Twitter, I loved what she said. She's like I wake up every morning wanting to vomit now. Every single morning I wake up wanting to vomit in relation to the idea of this, but it's happening. And so we must resist. And it, it's been interesting to me to see how many more people are being 
interested in like, okay, I'm going to watch the hearings. I'm going to say something about this and I'm going to organize this. And I'm, you know, there's so many more voices that are coming to the table, I think, because we've been spurred into action. Our complacency has led us here and now we must overcome our complacency. I'm really encouraged by the fact that that's what we're still seeing. I mean, it's more than two months after the election. And, you know, right after it, it was that we have to band together, we have to fight, we have to stand for what we believe in. And I honestly kind of just assumed that that would dwindle because a lot of times that's what happens. But that doesn't seem to be the case. There are the voices that normally don't speak about these issues that are popping up and speaking. And then there's the people who've always been speaking about them that have remained loud and angry. And rightfully so. And I'm, it's just encouraging to see that that is not going away, that people are still fighting against the normalization of what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. But I think part of the this overwhelming sense and this feeling of wanting to vomit when you wake up is that is the speed at which everything is happening. And not, I mean, obviously we knew the inauguration was coming. We know these dates, but you can't keep up with the stupidity. I feel like you get done reading one article about something that's just completely insane. And bef before you've even finished something else that's worse has happened. And then there's a video clip of this person saying something that is so incoherent. You can't even understand how they've managed to get to where they are. Yes. And you just can't keep up. There's no time to process the absurdity. After the election, I saw the the talk on Facebook about those who were organizing a march on Washington for women. And I have learned in, in my experience of being online and participating in social media, my approach to things is to always listen first. I, I may not be very good at doing that, but that's my that is my intention is to listen, is to listen to the voices of this of the disenfranchised first. Listen. I need to listen as a white woman. Like that is more than ever I need to listen. I understand why women want to march on Washington. I understand why they're going. I understand why they organized it. I understand the significance of it and the importance. But I am also listening to the dissenting voices who have shown concern about it from the very, very beginning, who have felt left out of the conversation, who have been like, you're going to march and that's going to make you feel really great. But then what? And who feel like their pain and their activism have been co-opted by this. And I am choosing not to go because I feel like I need to listen to those women more than I need to listen to white women. So is the general sentiment that this is just essentially going to turn into a big show and then the following day it will dissolve and that will be it? It's like, okay, so you're going to march on Washington, but then the next day, stand up for the fact that black children are still being gunned down by cops. That's great that you marched on Washington. That's great that all these women came together, except that it's not stopping black children and black bodies from being destroyed by white bodies. I got a lot of I got a lot of pushback when I said that I wasn't going. One of the other reasons is that I was reading the other day for, from several people in the disabled community who were upset about the, they came out with an official statement from the march 
and it, and it it feels and seems extremely inclusive and then you listen to to the voices who are like you know what you you're not going far enough i know i know you're well intentioned but you're not going far enough and so you have these people screaming oh my god stop nothing is perfect we all need to come together i understand that sentiment but here's where i think democrats and liberals <laughs> that's a very i mean i'm speaking generally here right we are a platform of critical thinking we are a platform of deconstructing things and getting inside of things and making them better so to flat out say you know what just because it's imperfect doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it i understand that but that doesn't mean that we can't critically think about what you're doing that's important for us to critically think about all of these things. And if the disabled community is upset about the platform and is like, you know what, you guys aren't, you guys have not done anything to represent this very ignored, disenfranchised community, I'm going to listen to them. It's a valid and extremely important concern. And that's what we do, I think, really well as a liberal community is we try to critically think through these things so that we make them better and we do better. So I'm not going to Washington. <laughs> but the two sides are, okay, sure, this march isn't perfect, but we need to do it. It's okay that it's not perfect, but we also need to focus on why it's not perfect. Those are kind of the two opposing sides. Yes. Well, some opposing sides are like, you know what? White women, go go enjoy yourselves. Go feel good about the fact that you're marching, but then show up. But I mean, it, but it's even beyond color, because like you said, then it's also the people with disabilities. I mean, it sounds like the the main argument is it's more than a march. Like we can't we can't all band together for this march and go there and do a show of force and then leave. The march needs to be the the beginning of something much much more. And in order for that to happen, it has to be inclusive. The march cannot be the culmination. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. I read a statement this morning um, by a. Uh, a black woman who was like, I am choosing not to go. I am not people that they asked me to speak at the march. And I, you know what? I don't feel good about not getting paid for, for my voice. And this has been a recurring theme where we are exploited for our work and we aren't compensated. And um, so she's going to sit it out. And she, in her statement was, I applaud you all for going, but let this be the start of something more, you guys. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think by its very nature of when it's taking place and how big it has become, there is that risk that it will be the big end all event. We're here and we're all together and that's it. And it's easy to fall into that trap, I think, if you're not willing to see the bigger, the bigger picture. It's easy to, to think, okay, I'm, I'm going and I'm doing this, so I have done something. I've done something. And people in my, on my Facebook page were like, well, what are you going to do then? And I was like, wait a minute. What am I going to do then? Like, wait, 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 back up, back up, back up, back up. Because I'm not going to the march on Washington, that somehow, what am I going to do then? Like, on that day? Like, right. what are you, what are you asking me? <laughs> okay. Well, it's like, because you can't check that box off. You yeah. have to, you have to check something else off that has to be on, on your list. I mean, this is a totally different example, but 
I had the same, like a similar sense of frustration right after 9-11 because 9-11 happened and then we all joined together as a nation and it was powerful and great. And that lasted for like two weeks. And then most of the people outside of New York, everything else continued as usual. But we joined together for a while and we were part of something bigger. So it was great. And you can kind of pat yourself on the back and say that you, you took place, you took, you took part in that, but then it dissolves. So it's like you go to the march, you pat yourself on the back, you go home and act like everything is fine, mm-hmm. but you, but you can't. Then it essentially kind of negates the march itself. Then the march was worthless. It was just an event. It was a show. Yeah. If it doesn't lead to something bigger. You know, I'm st- I, I am still figuring out the best way to help. I'm still learning it and listening and, and I'm listening. That's the thing that I am trying to do most is listen and read the voices that I need to read. Um, which uh, I, yeah, I, I, Twitter and Facebook now are like, uh, the, it's really hard on my psyche. As someone, uh, Jamila Lemieux wrote a, a piece today about why she's not going because she doesn't feel solidarity with white women and it's not good for her mental health to be there. And when she brought up the word mental health, again, when I, when I referred to the psyche of the nation, I think like for my mental health, opening up Facebook and Twitter is, it's been really detrimental to my well-being. thinking about the lives that are going to be destroyed and the, and, and, and feeling hopeless about that. And, and really (laughs) when I woke up and realized that they had, made a vote at 1 a.m. in the Senate to start down the, the path of, re, of repealing the Affordable Care Act. Dear Lord God, fuck. <sighs> yep. Yeah, I, I just can't help but shake my head because I, it, that's what I mean. It's happening so quick. I mean, in the middle of the night. Like, things are happening when you're not even awake. And it's insane. If, if they take away the pre-existing condition clause, I will lose my insurance. And neither of my children will qualify. But they have a new plan. They have, they have no plan. <laughs> no, they, they do. They just don't know what it is yet. They just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, but it'll be great. This is what I said before the, the election to my family who I just looked at them and I said, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but you guys, I'm going to lose my health care. I'm going to lose my health care. And my mom and my stepdad were like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And then the day that they voted, I texted my mom and I said, Mom, I'm going to lose my health care. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, turn on the TV. <laughs> turn on the TV, Mom. And she's like, they can't do that. And I'm like, Mom, <laughs> yep. they can't do that. They're about to elect someone to be the secretary of education who's, who's trying to protect kids from bears, Mom. <laughs> yeah. This is the level of circus that we are at. You know, to think of all the of all the things he said he was going to do, like you know, repealing Obamacare, and then to hear all of the people out there saying, "Well, they're not they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that." So then you're just voting for someone who is not going to do anything that he says he's going to do. So why are you voting for him then? If you don't believe he's going to do those things, then what what is the point? I I feel like you're either on that side. You want those things repealed. Or if you really don't think he's going to accomplish any of these things, then maybe you need to rethink it a little bit. I mean, what the fuck? 
I don't want to. I don't want to generalize because I guess generalizations was where it got us here in the first place, right? Oh yeah. But I, I, I go back to the, the the idea of critical thinking, like critically think through this, you guys. Mom, you're on Medicare. Mom, you're on a government program. You're on a yep. government program, mom. And, and my mother is a critical thinker. She is absolutely. I think I think though that there are mythological stories that have been woven into public discourse about uh, the government and government aid. And you know, here's the thing: is that if you're poor and disenfranchised and you're on a government program, then you're on fucking welfare and you're you're muting off the system. But if you're white, you have a subsidy. You're just getting a little bit of help. The semantics are so fucked up. And I really just am just talking like a Southerner right now. Jesus Christ, my accent is coming out. <laughs> Triggered by rage. Triggered by rage. It usually comes out when I'm tired, when I've had a drink, and now it, Trump is going to make me talk like a fucking <laughs> hick for the next however long. It's going to be great if you're talking about Trump while you drink then. <laughs> but I, it is, it's that critical thinking piece. And I think... And I mean, I don't give these people credit in the sense that I'm happy that they did it, but I, I do give them a lot of credit on what they've done with the name Obamacare and how they have made people just hate that name without really understanding what it is. I mean, the the number of people out there that, that are excited that Obamacare is going to go away because they have the ACA. Yes. How in the hell do you not? It's been around for how long? It's been in the news for how long? It's not that hard to figure out that they're the same thing. But you have to go below the surface. But they have been fed a narrative. They've been fed a narrative. But you but that only that excuse is only acceptable if you just take whatever you're fed. You take whatever you're fed, right? Don't question okay. why would you question the news and the stories and the 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 story that is coming to you when you need to come together for if if you're a Republican, you got to stand with the Repu Republicans, right? You got to stand with them. It's important. And the same thing. This is why we have to critically think about things. This is why the story about the women's march. You have to critically think about these things and think through them and ask questions. It's important. Asking questions is okay. And it's important for liberals and conservatives. I mean, it's it's just important to cross the board. I mean, I don't sit around and read NPR and Mother Jones as my only sources of news. I, I don't because I know that that's an ignorant approach. I know that most of those pieces agree with my current thought process, and that's just going to further my current thought process in that direction. And I need the perspectives. I need to research. Well, I think what it for like I, I subscribe to the New York Times and God, how many times have I just like pounded my head against the desk sometimes when I read the shit there, you know? Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. But I at least questioning and and disagree and which is all healthy so that we can get to the truth and we can get to all that which is really important. Well, and I think it's the ability to to read a piece there and pound your head against the desk, but also realize that, you know, this 20 percent. This is this makes sense to me. And then saying, okay, I, I disagree with 80%. I'm going to read this piece from the Washington Post. Or I'm going to see what NPR has to say about it. Or even CNN. Like, just to get every different perspective. Because somewhere between all of those stories is, I'm going to use the word truth really loosely, but somewhere <laughs> in between, they all come together. 
when the spin is removed. But if you only if you're only spinning in your own direction, you're never going to see that. It does take time, but if you have the time to read one side and then spew hatred from either direction, then you have time to also research a little bit more. You do. But you have to want to. And that that's part of it. I think a lot of people have been trained. It's been years of training to just accept what you're given. Read the headline, make a decision. Read the headline, make a decision. And then when the headlines become so absurd or the articles become so biased, you're so used to that mantra that you just continue it. I've always been reading this source. They must be telling the truth. End of story. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There was a lot of discussion after the election about, you know, how, how are you going to have these conversations with your family at Thanksgiving? And there's been a lot of discussion since then saying there really is there really is no uh, use in trying to have those conversations. Those people are refusing to listen. I've seen a lot of that. So you know who Tommy Laren is, right? I don't know. Is that how you say Should her I? name? She's the white um, millennial who she's huge on YouTube, super, super, super uh, conservative. You don't know. Did you see this? Was it Trevor Noah who did um, an interview with her on the on Comedy Central? No, but I feel like I should look it up now. Well, he he interviewed her, and it was like a, a twenty to thirty minute interview with her, where he's trying to get her to see that, compa- like, comparing Black Lives Matter to the KKK is <laughs> you can't do that. Right, it's absurd. And. Half of the people, you know, there was all these people like, yeah, he took her down, he took her down, he showed her. And it's like, actually, he gave her like, he gave her a platform for 25 minutes to sit there and completely act, refuse, refuse to see reality and truth and to have empathy and to experience, to express empathy. She just sat there and spewed her racist and homophobic and misogynistic bullshit while he sat there and took a few jabs at her, but she she wasn't going to listen to him. She can't make money no. if she listens to him. I don't know. I guess I had a really great conversation with my dad sometime around Thanksgiving. And his position, because we both agree politically, and we've both had those conversations that go nowhere. Um, and I think a lot of people are unwilling to to bend, like in the case of of that woman. Like she, she wasn't going to budge. She's going to hold to her ideology and that, that is what it is. Um, but my, my dad kind of had an interesting point where he said, maybe it's not so much about, about trying to get them to move an inch or to change their perspective, but rather just sharing yours 
And if we do that more often from this, from the standpoint of just, this is what I think and why maybe things will start to settle in rather than this is what I think. And you should think it too, because that's, that's honestly how I normally approach things is this is why my view is correct. And then when you're talking to someone who doesn't agree, they do the same exact thing. And immediately then you're set up to compete. But if you remove that piece of this is why you should think the way I do, even if it's just fucking common human decency, if you remove that element and just say, this is how I think, this is why I think, you know, maybe that's an interesting approach to, to at least initially disarm things and open, open the discussion a bit. I've tried like take Medicare for, for instance, it's not a perfect system. It's far from perfect. And it's really hard to navigate. And it's a it's a government program. I get I get that it's imperfect. I'm willing to admit that. But it's hard it, for me in my experience. It's hard for me to get my more conservative friends. I don't have really any conservative friends. <laughs> my my little liberal bubble. Um, but I'm related to a lot of conservative people. It's hard to get them to understand where I'm coming from. Or to see, like, this is why, like, their their thing to me was, one of, one of their big arguments to me was, like, Heather, you've had this really successful business, and you wouldn't have that successful business if it weren't for conservative fiscal policies. Don't you see that? And why would you support policies that would make it harder for your business to be successful? Why would you... Why would you support policies that aren't going to give you the tax break that you deserve? And it's hard for them to understand that for me, I, 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 I have very much had a very successful business. But more important than the success of my business is policies that help the disenfranchised. And I keep using that word. I keep using that word and I probably overuse that word. But we're here to take care of each other. We're here to take care of each other. Well, that's such a big piece of it is that when you vote, it's not about which candidate is going to benefit me the most. I mean, I don't expect anybody to vote for a candidate that will completely drive them into the ground, but it is about helping everyone else. And, you know, in in the example you just used, maybe your taxes will go up under, under Clinton, for example. But if that means that these, these five groups, these five disenfranchised, disenfranchised groups benefit in some way that they're not currently, then that's worth it because it's improved a large piece of the country. Yes, you had to pay more, but that's okay. That's that's a democracy. Yeah, I think we often ask, you know, why would rural white America vote for, I mean, they, they're voting against themselves. They're voting for policies that are only going to hurt them. They're voting for a, a leader who's only going to who's going to take away their health care. He's he, he thinks like he the pilot like he's going to hurt them and and and, and that my mother and, and and my conservative family would ask me the same question. Well, then why are you why are you voting against yourself? And I think for me, it's like I'm not voting against myself. I'm voting for I'm voting for stronger institutions that help the public. I'm voting for stronger institutions for the public that can't afford what I can afford. And I don't see that as voting against myself. And I think, though, you're also aware, though, when they say that, of what that means from their perspective, that you're voting against yourself because taxes are going to go up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's their perspective. And I think you recognize that. But you see 
the other benefits as greatly outweighing that. So really it's not voting against yourself. Whereas when you look at, you know, rural America, when they are voting against them, themselves and they're going to lose healthcare and they're going to lose these benefits, they don't even realize that. Like they don't even see, yes, I know that I'm going to lose my healthcare, but it's, this is the right vote for me because I'm going to get everything I need. And it's not even the case. It's just a lack of awareness in so many different areas. There's also, again, this mythological story being told about America and what America is and American values and what that all looks like and the, the color of that and the make of that. And that, I think, was heavily woven into this election cycle of this America, America. What does patriotism mean? It means guns over healthcare. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, I, I think that's kind of the mentality, you know? I mean, my, my father-in-law or pseudo father-in-law got a concealed carry permit and bought a handgun before the election. He's never owned a gun in his life because if Hillary wins, she's going to take him away. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? A, she's never said that. And B, is that really your biggest concern that all of a sudden after 60 plus years of life, you need to own a gun? How is that even important in an incredibly wealthy suburb of Chicago? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, it just, but those are the kinds of things like you're, then you're going to vote for this person because damn it, you, you need your gun. But what about healthcare? What about your, your grandchildren? How do you, how do you justify that? Oh, I'm sorry you don't have insurance, but at least grandpa has his gun. And if you're thinking about also, if we're thinking about grandchildren, can't let's just even mention the fact that basically every single person that Trump is appointing doesn't believe that global warming is caused by humans. Right. <sighs> Dear Lord yeah. God. Dear Lord God. And that's just it. Like you focus on healthcare because holy shit, that's insane. Everyone's going to lose healthcare. But also, holy shit, the person who's going to be in charge of education doesn't know a damn thing about education unless it involves bears the person that's going to getting appointed to the epa doesn't believe it like every there's not one single area where you go okay well at least this department is probably going to be okay right they're all fucked and it's so hard to comprehend how that looks i mean imagine how angry imagine how angry even in 20 years just even in 20 years in 30 years our children and our grandchildren are going to be so fucking mad at us yeah. Because of what we've oh, done yeah. to this planet and left them with. Yeah. Or they'll be so poorly educated by that point that they won't realize it. Maybe that's <laughs> the goal. Yeah. It's it's just so beyond concerning. And that is, I think, why a lot of people are like, well, the, what, what the hell? What can I possibly focus on when absolutely everything is going to shit? And you get stuck. I think it's easy to get stuck and say, well, everything is going to shit. I don't know what to focus on but I need to preserve myself. Like I need to make sure I'm going to be okay because everything is falling apart. And I get that. Like it, it makes sense. I think that's just your first instinct, but it's too narrow. I mean, you have, you have to be able to look at the, the bigger picture and try and prevent some of this insanity from happening on a larger scale. But how? And also how, how do you, this is a, this is a, this is a very selfish and personal issue here, but for those of us who suffer from, from depression and who, whose depression has been completely compounded by all of this, how do we, how do we come out of the, how do, <laughs> the darkness is real. The darkness is consuming. The darkness is paralyzing. How do we combat 
that while also doing the work that we need to do to make sure that he doesn't destroy as many lives as he is poised to do. Yeah. I just had, I had a conversation yesterday with someone and we couldn't, the number of people in our lives who have gone back to therapy and gone back to see their psychiatrist and who have ended up in the hospital in the last two months, like we know more than two dozen people affected so, so critically by this election that people who are, are depressed are being so affected by this that it's it really is affecting their not their lives at least like it's affecting their work it's affecting their families the depression is real right so then how do you overcome that in order to try to help overcome some of the broader issues and maybe it comes back to the women's march in the sense that it's a it's a great idea overall it's it's overall goal i think i don't you know i think it was a positive goal but when you look at that and you say, okay, but there's still these half a dozen groups that don't really want to get involved because they don't really feel included. So then you have, you know, eight or 10 or 12 different groups that all have a lot of strength and power and desire for change, but they don't quite feel like they, they mesh. So you've got separate people working toward a similar direction, but in their own way without the necessary amount of power that they need, I think. So there, there has to be a way to, to try and bridge to bridge these issues and be more inclusive because I think that we need the numbers. We need the numbers. That's not to minimize the needs of the disenfranchised or the needs of women or the needs of children or the needs of the environment, but all of these voices need to come together and realize in the bigger picture, all of this shit is related and we're all fighting for the same thing. Maybe with you know a, a slightly different target in mind, but it's the same end goal. I would say that if the Women's March is giving someone who is depressed a, a light in their lives that I would not deny them that at all. Please go and do that. If that is going to give you the jolt that you need to feel like you can survive this, then please go do it. And it's great if it's a first step for people too. I mean, if there are a lot of people that are looking at this and like, I'm going to go to this Women's March and that's going to kick off an amazing 2017 of activism. Right. Awesome. Totally awesome. I just hope there's a lot of people with that mentality. I had a friend who had to check his child into uni, which is the hospital that I went to when I had postpartum. And she had to wait four days for a bed, four days to get a bed. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was there at the groundbreaking when they had, they put 80 new beds in back in 2011, 80 new beds. And this kid had to wait four days for a bed. God, that's so wrong. The psyche of the nation is really struggling. And I, I worry. I mean, this is one of my issues that I, that I, this is one of the things that I speak up about. Watching the people around me suffer because of this has an effect. Yeah. Well, it makes it so complicated because we need all of these voices. Mm -hmm. But if these voices are breaking and they're breaking in a system that no longer wants to help keep them together, it's just going to continue to crumble. Like I said, there's so much happening that I think the first instinct is self-preservation. Um, but it, you need to look outside that. But I think in the case of of mental health, it's a it's a different story. You you know, self-preservation is required. Like mm -hmm. you you need you need to take that step before you can start to work for more. But if the system isn't in place to help you get there, then what do you do? And there's no answers to any of this. There's no like single right answer. She got a bed because of insurance. 
we go back to that issue. Yeah. Yeah. So the conclusion of, of all of this is that we're just as frighteningly fucked as everybody else is right now, but that we shouldn't be frozen in that fear. Can I alliterate a little bit more? <laughs> well, be afraid, but let it move you rather than keep you in place. Let it move you. Yeah. Which is easier said than done. It's not like it's a simple thing, but I think it's an important goal to focus on for everyone right now. God, activism now is more important than ever. More important than ever. All activism. All activism. Yeah. And I guess I just ask that anyone who who voted for, for Trump, assuming any of our listeners may have, I think, you know, I wouldn't ask you to, to totally disown him. I, th- I think that's a, a big ask, even though that's what I'd like to ask. But just be open to the idea that maybe things aren't as bright and shiny as you'd like to think they are. Even if you just pick one issue and say, yeah, I'm terrified about education a lot. That's okay. But I think every every voice that can be heard needs to be heard, especially if you're afraid of bears in that case. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the kids, what is the best defense against a bear in the, in the wilderness, right? Don't, aren't you supposed to lie down? And just, I think so. Lie down, like curl up fetal and cover your stomach or something. Yeah. And and then the bear will go away. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> they're going to have to start having bear drills. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, my kids have earthquake drills. And God, unfortunately, they now have intruder drills. Your kid has those too, right? Oh, yeah. We do tornado, fire, and intruder. Lockdown. Yeah. Intruder drills, they're going to have bear drills. Bear, I just said that, bear drills. Okay. Because that, that is the biggest risk this country is currently facing. Bear attacks. Bears. The way she said it, I can't even, I'd like to be able to imitate the way she said it. Grizzly bears. No. <laughs> I'm cry. I'm cry laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is comically frightening. So I, I guess, you know, to our listeners, if, if you're sitting at home or curled up in fetal position at home and panicking as well, uh, we definitely like to hear from you. And we also want to extend our, our support because we get it, at least from our own perspectives, we get it. But if you you know need a place to vent or share your thoughts or your opinions on the Women's March and why you are going or aren't going, uh, we would love to hear those. So you can email us, as always, at stories at manicramblings.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Manic Ramblings. And until next time, question, listen, critically think, and uh, stock up on your guns. Damn, Grizzlies. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.